Longhorn Nation, we're back! Social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to bitch, and then other people are like needling it, and they're sitting at home, and they're late on a payment. We're David, <laughs> they're Goliath, and we, we go out there and play. Why not us? Like, think about that. Who played in 2019? Who played in 2020? Why not Texas Tech? Well, I was reading the, the game notes. Your offensive line had a missed assignment. Pretty good. Uh, oh, where, the, where the hell that come from? I don't know. I don't read the notes. Sorry, but but I, I don't know if that's accurate. One guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. What is up? Welcome back to episode three of the Big Twelve Takeover. I am your host Tyler Davis, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Donnell Davis. What's up, man? How you doing? Good man. How about yourself? Man, I'm hanging in there. You know, it's been a it's been a wild week. Uh, we got March Madness going on right now. KU actually is getting ready to close out their game to move to the Elite Eight against Providence. Um, and I, you know, couldn't be a better night. We're going to talk about some Kansas football. Um, I know people are really fired up to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks Go football Jayhawks. team. Jayhawks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're really good at basketball. They're not great at football, um, but we will definitely get to talk about that some here shortly. But before we do that, we got some housekeeping we got to take care of. So we are a part of the Takeover Sports Network. This is huge for us, guys. Make sure you go to YouTube, type in Takeover Sports Network, hit subscribe, hit the bell. We got shows on everything. NFL Draft, the NFL as a whole, NBA, NCAA Basketball, Big Ten, SEC. It's, it's everything. We have it all. We have more coming. Things are in the works. We got guys like Noshaw Moreno, Tavares King, Monty Ball. These guys are on our network, guys. They're talking talking, talking game. These dudes played the game at the highest level, man. They're here to, to drop some knowledge on you guys. And, you know, we got some guys who've played some, some college football, some big time, some small time. They're all over the place. Make sure you're over there on the TakeOver Sports Network. Find your show. But as always, we want you to kick it here with us on the Big 12 TakeOver. So you can find us on Twitter at Big 12 TakeOver. Follow along there. We'll be giving you updates uh, day to day as we get ready to record our shows. Also, you can follow the overarching network on Twitter as well, at Takeover Pods. That's going to give you updates on everything we're doing as a network. Um, we're, we're churning out content like crazy. You know, We've been out two months, and we've already crossed 50,000 views. This thing's growing. Make sure you hop on the wave now before it gets so big that you're late to the party. Be one of those early ones. Be a, be a lifer, as we call you, and uh, come hang with us. Um, but before we get going any further, too, we gotta we gotta give a shout out to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Um, Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy and player props in states like California, New York, Texas, and more. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of: NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and so much more. You can combine picks across multiple sports as well. You can take Patrick Mahomes over on pass yards, which usually a pretty good bet. And uh, LeBron under on assists if you wanted, which is pretty bold in my opinion. Uh, Prize Picks is safe and easy to use. You can place picks in under 60 seconds, and they offer fast withdrawals. So when you win, get that money quick. Um, and make sure use code Takeover to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 to place your picks. Prize Picks, it's fun, it's safe. Make sure you go check that out. Um, 
And with that stuff out of the way, let's talk some KU football, man. I know I'm, I'm fired up for this episode. I don't think <laughs> I don't yeah, think man. KU gets enough love because they're not very good at football. Um, but they certainly try hard. And you know, in, in our intro video, Leipold even says, "Man, <laughs> we're David, they're Goliath. Let's just go out there and play." <laughs> and uh, as my good friend Donnell knows, uh, that that mentality sometimes works. As uh, KU went down to old Austin, Texas, and <laughs> squeaked out a win last year, and yeah, uh, got old Jared Casey some NIL deals with Applebee's. <laughs> that was a great overtime game, man. Two point conversion to win the game. That was awesome. I just I remember I can't I don't know where I was, but I remember my phone alerting me and it was like Kansas and Texas in overtime and I was like, What? I was like, What sport? Like is <laughs> I was this <laughs> my stomach, man. Just throughout that whole game I was just like, Oh no, like I know this is this is going to happen. I could... when it happens you're just like still shocked because it's Kansas <laughs> University and I'm like, What is going on? But hey, again, gotta give them credit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just I couldn't believe it. I just remember seeing the alert and I was like, "Are they playing football? Like for real?" <laughs> no, leave that up. Leave that up because they're going to get their shot at redemption. Uh, I definitely want to jump into some kind of looking back at KU's uh, 2021 season. <laughs> they weren't good. Uh, they got last in the conference. They finished the year two and ten um, with some huge losses. Um, but they did have a couple close, closer games. Uh, lost by uh, twelve to OU. Beat obviously beat Texas. Lost by three to TCU and lost by six to West Virginia. So their last three games of the year, I'd say, they had the win at Texas, the loss by three at TCU, and then a loss by six at home against um, West Virginia. So they finished strong. We'll say strong for for Kansas standards. Um, right. And I think there's a couple things to discuss in that. Um, one of the things I think kind of hampered KU a little bit last year, aside from their roster, because their roster is not great. Um, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, but Coach Leipold, who I'm going to say it at, out front, I think Coach Leipold is awesome. Like if I was a player, that's the kind of coach I'd want to play for. He is awesome. He has the right mentality. He's willing to take his time and, and coach these guys and get this roster to where it needs to be. But he came in in the summer. So he didn't get a spring to to kind of work with these guys. So they were pretty much, here's fall camp and your season's gone. And they still, you know, two wins has kind of become what Kansas, one or two wins has kind of become what they are, right? Right. Um, but their win this year against Texas was huge. Huge yeah. win for them. Um, and I think with another year – under Leipold with his staff, because his staff is the same staff he's had everywhere else he's been, um, I think they will get better. Now, getting better and more wins are not synonymous, um, but I do think they'll get better. Um, so let's kind of look, you know, at some of what they are going to lose. So I know you have two guys here you wanted to talk about specifically, so I'll let you dive into those leaving players. Right. You have uh, Kyron Johnson. Uh, he was initially a linebacker who switched over to a defensive end position, and that guy's an edge-to-edge player. Uh, I don't I don't think Kansas can replace him with one guy, uh, and I'm not sure they're expecting to, which is why they're probably uh, switching over to the 4-3 defense 
which we, man, you talked about uh, before the show, they're transitioning from that 3-4 to the 4-3 defense, and that's going to take some uh, time to adapt, in my opinion. Yeah, this this roster is built um, kind of kind of less milesy, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term. They have a lot of scholarships and positions they don't need them in. Uh, we were talking before the show, um, and it's an interesting note here. I know we're talking defense, but they have 16 wideouts on this and one senior. So, like, they were just bringing in players, just tons. I mean, that's that's not like an absorbent amount of receivers per se, but there's no, there's one senior. Like they just brought right. in a ton of, of wideouts. And it's, it's so weird the way this roster is constructed. Um, but again, you know, they're going after some changes in their, in their systems. So, you know, they're switching to that three, four. Um, they're going to have to figure out their secondary, which we're going to get into. Um, they're, they're, they're going to have some interesting roster decisions to make. But to kind of talk about the offensive side of the ball, they're losing Kwame Lassiter, yep. um, who was their leading receiver last year. Um, clearly a good player, probably going to find somewhere to play uh, in the NFL. This is, for some reason, KU puts guys in the league, um, and they always end up doing good. Right, when they do put guys in the league. Because, I mean, if you uh, look at how many they have in the league currently, it's seven guys. Mm-hmm. And that's that just tells you where their talent is at this point in time. But uh, when they do put them in a league, they tend to stay there for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and you know, I, th- I think of two corners specifically, right? Akib Talib, it's a KU guy, <laughs> one of the best guys we've ever seen. Yeah, and Chris Harris, who <laughs> was very good. And like they they find ways to get these dudes, but they just aren't. I don't know for whatever reason at at the college level, they just aren't as good. Um, but yeah, losing Kwame Lassiter will hurt. Um, but they have a ton of receivers and, you know, listening to some of their spring, uh, you know, pressers, it sounds like they're excited about their receiver group. Um, very excited. (laughs) You know, they got Luke Grimm who finished the year pretty strong. Uh, you know, had four, I'd say four straight games where I thought he looked pretty good. Um, they got Trevor Wilson, who will be back, and Lawrence Arnold. Lawrence Arnold, actually, I think will be the name. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited about Luke Grimm, but I actually think Lawrence Arnold is going to be the guy who kind of emerges um, out of that group for sure. Um, but as we you know, as we talk about, we start talking about who's going to emerge, right? Let's talk about some of these transfers they're bringing in. We're talking receivers, but they brought in three running backs. And these are the three guys we're going to talk about. Um, be, or I guess they brought in two running backs, one of which they already have, which is Devin Neal, um, who I think you're, you're a fan of Devin Neal, right? I'm like a big guy. fan of Devin Neal. I love that guy. <laughs> I don't even know why they're bringing in competition for this guy. But, hey, you know, do, do what you have to do to improve. But Devin Neal, solid guy. Uh, I would like to see them get him more involved with the pass passing game. Yeah. Yeah, he's – He's pretty shifty. Um, he adds a little bit of that dynamic to their offense. You know, I, I think I think now they'll be able to. Right. I think last year they didn't really have the the ability to to use him in the passing game as much because I don't think their team was I don't think their roster was good enough to do it, to be frank. 
Um, they needed him to be their running back. They, they didn't really have the ability to kind of flex him around the offense and use him in different ways. They needed him to be healthy and run the ball between the tackles. Um, but I want to talk about Kai Thomas um, because they're bringing in Kai Thomas from Minnesota. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. If you've not heard about him and, and you're watching this right now, pause the show. Okay, pause the show. <laughs> and I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to watch his highlights. Kai Thomas at Minnesota. Okay, this dude led the University of Minnesota. I say it again, University of Minnesota in rushing yards last year. Because Muhammad Ibrahim went down and Kai Thomas, again, Kai Tom, I'm going to say his name because you guys need to remember him and KU never gets on television. He rushed for 824 yards on 166 carries, six touchdowns. He averaged five yards a carry in the Big Ten. Five yards That's a carry explosive. in the Big Ten. The dude is a stud. He's from Topeka. He's good friends with Neil, which I think is it's the reason he came to KU, um, which KU obviously recruited him out of high school. The kid's a baller. And one of the aspects of his game that I don't think gets appreciated enough is he is a hell of a blocker in pass protection. Oh, when yeah. people when people leak through, that dude has dynamite in his hands, man. He he can stop you in your tracks. I'm very, <laughs> very excited to see this guy at KU. You love that blocking aspect, I tell you. I do, man. I do. I'm a sucker for it. If you can get right. me a receiver or a running back who can block, I'm all about it. Probably because I wasn't great at it as a player, <laughs> but I always aspired to be. I could catch anything. Blocking was not my strong suit. Um, but no, man, it, it fires me up when you get a guy like that. Um, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, go again, go watch Kai Thomas's highlights at Minnesota. This is a dude. This is yeah. a dude they're bringing in. This is probably, ooh, probably the second best <laughs> player on this roster, I'd say, immediately. Right. Immediately. I mean, this dude. And I wouldn't even him. be opposed to you saying he was the best player on this roster because when you watch the tape, he stands out. That explosive ability, I don't think – I'm not sure Kansas has had that. I mean, I guess you can say Pookie Williams had that with Kansas, he, but he was all speed. But yeah. this guy's explosive. Yeah, he's strong. Um, he's – I mean, he's 5'11", 205. So, I mean, he's – you know, he's not he's not a small back. He's, he's going right. to make you feel it when you tackle him. And I think he's going to have a lot of success in the Big 12. Um, you know, you think Big 10, you think power football – you know, these guys, those defenses up there in the Big Ten are pretty wild. Um, he's going to come down to the Big 12, and I think he's going to feast. Now, Speaking of making you feel it. You oh, yeah. Savion Morrison, right? <laughs> Go ahead and talk oh, about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll let you dig into this guy. This guy is going to make people feel it. Ah, oh, man, he's thick. I mean, lower body. He's, he's what you don't want to tackle. You don't want to see him out in the open field. He comes right. in a game, and you're – I'm just thinking about being on defense right now, and I'm like, <laughs> he comes in the game late in the game, and I'm just like, do I really want to tackle this guy? Right after I've just had to tackle uh, Kai Thomas and try to Devin, you know deal De with shifty Devin Neal, do yeah. I really want to put my head down and get dirty with this guy? No, I don't think so. Right, but, right, yeah. I mean, he's listed. This kid's listed at six foot two ten, but when you look at him on tape, man, he looks he looks every bit at two twenty. Yeah, he falls. He's forward. a big. He's a big, yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He runs hard. He's a bully, man. Like, you watch some, he's he's transferring from Nebraska. We should mention that. So, he's transferring in from Nebraska. Uh, he was a three-star coming out of high school. 
But man, he's a bully. Yeah. He is a bully. He runs hard. He makes you feel it. Um, he's gonna be, he's gonna be one to watch, for sure. Um, but yeah, th- those are the transfers. You know, I kind of wanted to uh, talk about. Um, but let's also talk about. Um, let's also talk about some of these freshmen. And and I say some. I just mainly mean one. So to to kind of give you guys a an understanding of why there's so few people for us to talk about in this class. They only they only signed 14 players. Um, Leipold has been on the record to speak kind of about this roster, and you know, we've alluded to it a couple times. Uh, their scholarshiping is really really messed up. Um, they have so many players in positions that they don't need, so many players in positions that don't fit their systems. Um, they they really have. They really have to figure this thing out, and a small recruiting class is just the beginning of this. You know, you know, we can we can joke that it's KU and they could only get fourteen guys, but any Big Twelve program can get more than fourteen players. Um, this is deliberate, and this is why, again, I really like Leipold because he's willing to, you know, take this hit on the chin and say, "Well, no, this is what we have to do to get things right, so we can be better in the future." And I really hope KU gives him the chance. Um, to to do this thing because he's turned around some other programs and I, I think it'll be good. But they brought in this freshman, um, Donnell. I don't know if you got a chance to look at him, but his name's Brian Dilworth. Have you have you seen much on this kid? No, I haven't. But I'm interested because he's a corner. So so yeah yeah he's a, he's a DB slash receiver. He'll play DB for sure. Um, from Florida Chaminade Madonna Prep. Um, so he's from a prep school. He's a three-star. He was the 62nd-ranked corner in the nation. Um, had offers from Auburn, Arkansas, and Boston College, as well as KU. Um, ultimately, he chose Auburn. He committed to Auburn, um, but when Gus Malzahn was fired, he decommitted. And KU was able to scoop him up. Um, so this is an SEC-caliber corner. That's a good yeah, that's a that's a good pick, and I know he's only a three star, but like getting a guy like this is huge, right? Right. So this this is this kid interests me so much, and I really you know I'd, I'd like to speak to him someday and kind of talk to him about you know the kind of player he is because he's got some really interesting stuff in his profile. He was a three sport athlete, which you and I are both huge fans of multiple sport right. athletes. Um, all the good ones are, but his three sports great. His three sports are volleyball, basketball, and football. And I thought the volleyball thing was really interesting because you don't see that very often. Right. Um, you know, that I tells think me he can jump. Oh, dude, he's got some leapers. <laughs> Kid yeah. can get up. Ooh. And the first thing I wrote down, the first two notes I wrote about him after watching his tape, good ball skills, which it, okay. it's really funny. I wrote that, and then I was listening to an interview, and that was like the first thing somebody talked about him was his ball skills. Um, but then he high points the ball really well. And as a DB, you know – that's incredibly important. Those are two of the hardest hardest things to uh, to track down in, as a corner. And so, I mean, they can train him to be a good player. So I think he's on the right track, and that's important. Yeah, and, and you know, like the good ball skills come from his experience as a wideout. You, you watch his tape, and he, he plays a good bit of receiver in it too. Um, he yeah. catches the ball well. He he if it, if it, He's good at tip drill stuff, so like it gets tipped up. He really does a good job of locating and coming down with the football. Um, but some other things I really like about this kid, uh, he does not give up on the play. Nice. Um, there's a play where 
the other corner gives up like a deep ball and I'm, I like, it's a guaranteed touchdown, right? Like as a player, you see that and you're like, Oh gosh, dang it. This guy's going to score. He chases it down. He's probably, I don't know, 18 to 22 yards away from the ball, chases it down at like the four and strips it, strips it at like the, the, the four yard line and jumps on it. Um, and, Saves a touchdown, and gives his team a chance. They did win a state championship in Florida this year. Um, oh, and part of, you love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a winner. He knows he's been a part of a winning program. Um, he he's really good. At, he has a really good like second. I call it a second poke. Uh, as a wideout, you kind of have the first. You know, when you're catching the ball, you have the first initial. You're getting your hands on the ball, and you know the DB is trying to swat it out of your hands. Right. He does a really good job of waiting until you're bringing it down. And then kind of knocking it out. He does he does a really good job of that. Um, but like I said, he plays receiver. He has good hands, so when when a ball's interceptable, he he can he can get it. Um, so this I think this is you know their guy. He was the only one who signed on the late signing day um, as a high school player. He'll do he'll do good things for them. I don't know if he'll make an immediate impact, but I think he's definitely right. going to have the opportunity because this secondary. Um, which that's that's our next segue. This secondary needs some work, and I'll let you yeah. kind of kick us off into the secondary group. I mean, they're just it's it's hard to even think about their secondary because it's lacking playmakers. Um, you have Kenny Logan Jr., who yeah he's coming back, which is a great great safety in the Big Twelve. I mean, he yeah. led the Big Twelve in total tackles. Yep, yep, and he's you know I I talk about talking about this secondary and, and Kenny Logan specifically Kenny Logan is a he's a boundary safety right um and so one of the things with the secondary is they're like trying corners at safety and trying to figure things out to, for someone to play across from him um I don't know what they're gonna do man me neither because when I look at their I look at their depth chart for the spring and they have three starters outside of Kenny that have played a total of 20 combined games and they're loaded with those guys are sophomores and they're juniors. And so to me that the experience is there, but how much of that is a game gameplay experience mm. and where, and how's that going to help them or if, if it benefits them at all? I mean, this is, this is a team that, that gave up, what is it? They gave up 44 points a game last year as a defense. 44 points a game. That's ranked 130th in the nation. I mean, this defense is is. Let's call it what it is. This defense is bad. Right. But They're I do bad. think they will be better next year. Uh, I think so too. I think up their front seven will be improved. Yeah, and I think uh, with Lance made a great point in his presser uh, for recruiting at the beginning of the. Uh, spring practices he mentioned that he took a formula from a past program by adding two defensive line coaches so that way the room itself with the guys and the players in the room they were more attentive and things like that and so I, I think that might help because you know you you have to teach four guys and you can't give them all the proper attention and things like yep. that. So they might be improved on the defense, but I don't, I just don't see how much improved they're going to be. Yeah, they'll be better. Um, but I mean, when the floor is what it is right now, you know, like the ceiling is, 
is the ceiling is moving up 10 to 15 spots, right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's expecting KU to have like this massive turnaround and win the Big 12. Um, but I think what you want to see, like if I'm the athletic director at KU, right, all I want to see is gradual improvement. Right. And I think and I think Leipold and staff, you know, Kotelnicki and Borland, I think they will get this team headed in the right direction. Um, and I think, you know, bringing back Rich Miller this year will help too, right? They have a, a linebacker in the middle of that defense who can – who can kind of command things. He's, you know, he's a guy with, with 79 tackles, two fumble recoveries last year. This is a dude who can, who can help kind of some of these younger players come along at their own pace. Um, and again, nobody wants them to No, Everybody wants them to win. Nobody's right. expecting them to win. Right. So the, it's not like they, they have the underdog mentality. They can have it all year long. They can have it for the next five years. You know, this team is going to take time to build, and I just really hope, like, the city of Lawrence, the University of Kansas, the athletic director, everybody, the fans, I hope they'll give them the time because I do think this staff can do it. Um, and I think that's more than I can say uh, for any other staff. Even even Les Miles, like, I wasn't super optimistic for KU when he went there because um, I don't think Les Miles was a good recruiter. I, I think at LSU. It was more of a splash hire for them. Yeah. This is a real change of culture and something that I think they've needed for a long time. Yep, yep. I don't know what just happened there. You got real quiet all of a sudden. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Uh, we <laughs> interrupt this program to tell you we have technical difficulties. Uh, no, so, yeah, we got we got those guys defensively coming back. And uh, like I mentioned, um, it was interesting hearing uh, Leipold talk about corners moving to safety. Um, just trying to find somebody to play next to Kenny Logan Jr. Um, it'll be really interesting to see who they roll out there at safety with him next year. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but let's let's talk a little bit about this offense, right? So this offense, and if you guys haven't caught on three episodes into this, I am an offensive like uh, I friggin' I'm an aficionado. Like I love it. Um, when I was in college, I played all over the field offensively. I I get super pumped about this stuff. It, it, I'd it gets call you me a guru at this point. <laughs> it gets me fired <laughs> up, man. I you know I, I love it so much. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is their quarterback situation, right? So last year their passing leader was Jason Bean, who started the year for them at QB, and then as the season kind of went on, um, Jalen Daniels took over about you know the K State game. So early November. Uh, is when Jalen Daniels kind of took the job. And he, he kind of ran with it, right? So right. the last four games of the year, only one of them was a route and one of them was a win. So um, the the Jalen Daniels experiment, I think, went really well. Uh, you hear Coach Leipold and his pressers talk about, you know, everybody knows what Jalen can do. And I, I think I agree with him. I think he does a good job of showing you just kind of who he is. I think he throws a good ball. I think he does a good job of extending plays and making off off script plays for the team, um, and I think the guys in Lawrence respond to him. I I think it's there's something about him, and I can't say it without being in the huddle with him. But there's something about him that players kind of, uh, you know, they're they're attracted to, and they they want to play for a guy presence. like that. He has a presence to him. He's he's calm. He's collective in the pocket, and I think. When you have a quarterback that uh, comes in the season the way that he did, you know, after not starting, 
coming in and just showing that the job wasn't too big for him. I think the the players around him saw that and was like, hey, you know, let's go to war with this guy. And that's what I expect him to do going forward. Right. And, I, you know, I, I can, you know, speaking from experience, um, my senior year, I had to step in at quarterback kind of unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is when you step into that huddle or when, you you know, you step onto the field with that group, um, as a quarterback, it's it's really important that you can remain level or even keel, as, as I like to say. So I like I never, as a player, would get like two up here or two down here. I was really good about staying right in the middle all the time. And I think you know, watching Jalen Daniels and kind of seeing how they they talk about him, I think he's that kind of player. Um, I think he's you know, we're getting blown out by fifty, but he's not like yelling or freaking out. He's you know, he's even keel like, hey, let's just play the next play. Hey, the next play. The next play, let's keep building, guys. Come on, let's keep it going. And I think Jalen Daniels is, is that guy, and I think that will help them. I think, you know, he'll add a couple things to his game. Uh, Leipold talked about he's bigger, like physically. He looks bigger. He looks heavier in right. a good way, um, yeah. which is good because watching him on film last year, he's pretty small. Um, right. And that but, leads to, me to asking you, do you think, since he's bigger and stronger going into this upcoming season, do you think they would use him more as a dual-threat type quarterback? to take some pressure off the offense or I think so. I, I don't know if I'd call it uh dual threat uh, as much right. as I would say they can use them in the run game a little bit. And cause they're going to have some studs at running back. They don't need them to run it a ton. Right. They just need them to keep defenses honest. You know, I kind of think of like the way I think they could use them. Do you remember Duran Thomas at Oregon? Yeah. I think he could be that. Okay. Like where he's, you know, he's a better passer than he is a runner, but he can, they can use him as a runner if they need to. Right, right. You know, and like, I think that's probably more how they'd use him. Um, and I think part of that comes from this spring. He's nursing an injury. Um, he's not doing uh, any 11 on 11 reps currently, right. which, you know, he's, so he's strictly going through drills mm -hmm. and just kind of taking mental reps. So Jason Bean is getting all the 11 on 11, you know, ones reps and I'm sure they're working, you know, some other guys in too, but uh you know, kind of hearing what Leipold said, um it sounds like he's all in on Jalen Daniels coming into this fall. Um if I'm on that staff, I would be all in on Jalen Daniels too if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um just, you know, he gave that team a chance at the end of the year, which is more right. than they'd had the whole season. Um but when you listen to uh, their offensive coordinator and Andy, I'm going to butcher this name. Don't kill me in the comments, guys. Andy Kotelnicki, um, he seems to be a little more open to competition. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we know the answer. Right. I, I think Daniels gave them a better chance than than they'd had. So um, I, I think it's Jalen's job to lose. We'll see kind of what happens there. Um, but I do want to talk about the receivers. Uh, Andy Kotelnicki specifically states, again, I'm going to butcher that name. I apologize. Um, specifically states he thinks this receiver group uh, is going to emerge and surprise some people. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I don't know, man. This receiver group is just not impressive i i think 
you know, Luke Grimm, Trevor Wilson, and Lawrence Arnold. Those are the three guys who have a shot. I think Lawrence Arnold is their best bet. Um, but even still, I just don't know, man. I I don't know. Look, he's the offensive coordinator, right? He has to be optimistic. Right. I get it. I get it. I understand. But when I watch their film and when I look at this roster and when I think of this team, I just don't know that their receiver group is going to surprise anybody. Yeah. Who's the last really good receiver K you had? I couldn't even. The, the <laughs> last one I can really even talk about is Desmond Briscoe. And that was That was a long time ago. <laughs> Like this team, look, and they brought in um, a new receiver coach. Sorry, I have to look up his name because he's a technician. Terrence Samuel. Okay. They brought in Terrence Samuel, um, who is a very technical receiver coach. He's all about getting their technique right, which I think is what this group needs, man. They just look like a bunch of guys running around. So I really do think they'll be improved. I don't know that I'd say they'll emerge right? Um, because there's two things. Actually, you pointed this out to us, to me. Um, they're talking about the receiver group emerging, right? But what did they right. do in recruiting for the transfer portal? They went and got running backs. <laughs> they went and got running backs, right? <laughs> they went and got – they have three running backs now who are absolute studs. That's the strongest part of their roster is right. their running backs. So Yeah, so I don't see it. I just I don't know I don't see them emerging I I do see them improving but I mean the their leading receiver had just under 700 yards right, right? and that what Lasseter had last year I mean it wasn't yeah 653 yards so I just don't see this receiver group blowing anything up um, you had you kind of had some questions here under Devin Neal's name and I'm, I'm just curious kind of if you want let, let's dig into those so yeah I'm wondering. Uh... Can he add 300 more yards and two more touchdowns, which I believe will pay, place him in the top five conversation for Big 12 running backs? Mm-hmm. Because uh, last year he ended up with 764 and eight total touchdowns, and that yep. placed him ninth in the conference. So uh, I'm thinking if he can improve on those yards, but then again, I look at the other running backs that they bring in through the portal, and now I'm thinking I don't, I'm not sure if he can reach that thousand yard mark i'm not sure so i think the the big thing here is i think he can add 300 more yards i think what the split will look like will be interesting i think he'll have more receiving yards okay um i think he'll add it in receiving because that's kind of the the role he'll fill um the two touchdowns i do think he'll get just because i think some of the pressure uh will be off with other backs it'll allow him to be fresh um, the thing is, though, he's going to have to break longer runs because Savion Morrison is going to come in and take a lot of those short yardage touchdowns and a lot of those short yardage touches. And Kai Thomas will, too. Kai Thomas is right. a bully. That dude runs hard. Um, Both of them are bigger than him. Uh, yeah. Can see. Yeah, they're, they're much bigger backs than he is. Kai Thomas, I think, is the most balanced back in this group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting some at some point. Oh no, I think I think it's I think Kai Thomas will win the job. Um, I, 
I'll make that announcement at the end of the the show. Um, yeah, and and you know you mentioned how shifty he is and getting him the ball in space. I think they'll do a good job of that this year. Um, I do like kind of Coddle Nicky's, uh kind of uh, his system. Right, he's he's really multiple. He likes to run a lot of different things, likes to keep defenses on their toes, and I think that will help with these kind of running backs. Um, and I think it'll help with a relatively inexperienced receiver group too. I think he'll create some looks for them um, that kind of make things a little bit easier. Uh, you know, I, I think when you're uh, when you're a young receiver who has not had a lot of experience at that level, it helps when your your coaches draw up plays that kind of give you some easy <laughs> play, some easy catches, uh, some right. short stuff that get, kind of get your confidence going. And I think you know, with Coach Samuel getting their their technique right, Kyle Nicky drawing up some stuff to get this receiver group going. I think the running backs are going to get a lot more space. Uh, I, I think this offense will be better. Again, I think the biggest question is this defense. Um, Borland's got his work cut out for him, but you know we've we've kind of talked enough about that. Um, so I'd I'd like to, um, if you don't have anything else, we can move into kind of going through their schedule and looking at wins, losses, and kind of what they can do um, going into this year. So like, if that's cool with you, you ready to rock and roll on the schedule? Yeah, I'm ready to rock with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Rock and rolling on the schedule. Um, cold drinks for everybody because it's going to be a long season for the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So jumping in, um, we're going to go off the ESPN schedule uh, Friday, September 2nd. They get a little Friday Night Lights action. They're hosting Tennessee Tech. I will give them the win here. I think they'll win this game. Yeah. I yep, think, I they, think they start the year 1-0, and and then it gets messy. <laughs> so then they go to West Virginia. If they were playing at home, I'd give them a shot, but I have them losing at West Virginia. Again, tough place, tough place to play. Yep. And yeah, I got zero and two. I mean, one and one at this point. Yep, one and one. And then they go to your place, the H University of Houston. Game. <laughs> a future, a future Big Twelve uh, matchup. Yeah. Little little taste. We got a little bit of that with Baylor playing BYU this year. Now we get it with KU playing Houston. The league is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Houston. Houston has been quite good the last few years. They've done a good job of kind of building that team yeah. out. And I, I can't wait. Um, I'm going to drop a little tease right here because I'm I'm all about teasing future episodes. Uh, I can't wait to talk about kind of the expansion of the Big Twelve and like the new teams coming in. Who who I think could you know, cause some, some rift in the big 12, the big 12 is going to be really interesting with OU and Texas leaving. Um, I know you're sad about that. Um, yeah. I'm sure you'll get to do some guest spots on the sec show and hang out with <laughs> no and TK and Blaine. But, uh, no, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see some of these, these new teams come in, especially Houston. Right. Houston's one I'm very curious about and BYU. Recruiting and we can't forget about it. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think they lose to Houston. Uh, yeah, me too. I think Houston handles them. Um, and then they come home. So they're one and two. They come home to play Duke. Uh, I, I have them beating Duke. Yeah, I don't know about this game. <laughs> this game is really a toss-up. But Duke has been pretty good in recent years. But I, I just don't know if I mean they're going to beat KU at KU. They were good a couple years ago. Last year, they were not great. Uh, they had three wins last year. One of them was against Kansas. Uh, they beat them fifty-two to thirty-three. Oh, I I still I don't know. 
I will give Kansas the benefit of the doubt. I think and give them the W for that game. I'll give them two and two. That that's the best that they can start their season. I'm gonna years. I got them at one and three. I got Duke winning that. I got Duke winning that. All right. So then they are at home. They get to play Iowa State. I think there's no way you have them beat Iowa State. (laughs) I do. I do. I think they're going to beat Iowa State. (laughs) Well, I think I did. I think I had them beat in Iowa State. You did. Preview too. You did. I'm going with Kansas in this one. (laughs) I think I actually had them losing, so I'll go with them losing here. Uh, I just I know you had them beat in Iowa State, so. Uh, yeah, I got them losing to Iowa State. They're sitting at a, a cool one and four. Uh, I got them three and two right now. This is probably the best case scenario for Kansas right now. I think this two. is where their schedule gets ugly. So they're one and four. They're at home. They get TCU. Um, I actually think they win this. I think they move to two and four against TCU. Um, Me too. I, I'm not very high on TCU this year. Um, no, and I mean, if you look at the game that Kansas played against them last year, yeah, they lost by a touchdown. That was a that was a very well played game by Kansas and a late touchdown too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think they can beat TCU at home. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think they beat TCU. I got them at two and four. You got them sitting at what? Yeah, Man, right. you got you, forever the optimist here. You got. <laughs> I got them at four and two. Wow, this is. <laughs> I got them at four and two. <laughs> okay, let's I'm go, Donnell. KU. That wine must be tasting real good. Right. Uh, so then, uh, then they go to Norman to play OU. Um, I got them at two and five. I really wish I could say they they're going to beat OU right now, just for you know as Texas fans. Yeah. But I'm going to say Oklahoma wins in dominating fashion. Yeah, I think the freshmen are playing in the third quarter in this one. Oh, easily. Um, Maybe even the walk-ons. Yeah, dude, I I got the yeah. They're sitting at two and five now. Uh, going to Waco, I got, they're I gonna get smacked this. by Baylor. Yep, four uh, and four. I got them at two and what seven, two and six. Yeah, they can sneak up on a few teams, man. I th- yeah, well, that's where I think it'll get interesting. So I got them at two and six, uh, going down go or at home against Oklahoma State. I think a little teaser, a little. No, I'm dropping teases tonight. I don't know what's going on. What's in this drink I got over here? Let's do the teaser on Texas because that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Oklahoma State uh, beating them pretty good. So they're two and seven. You got them at what? Four and six now? Four or no, sorry. and five. Four and five. Uh, at Texas Tech, I have Texas Tech winning that one too. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I actually think Kansas can come pull one out against Texas Tech. Texas Tech is always so this upcoming year. I just don't like Tech as a Baylor fan. I can't stand those guys. <laughs> but I do. But think I'm gonna go with them. a loss. I'm gonna go with a loss. So I got them at what two and eight? Yep, two and eight with two to go. I got them at four and six. Two and eight. Four. Ooh, you got them at four and six. Ooh. All right, then they get Texas. They get Texas in in Lawrence home game for KU. Tease it. Uh, I got Texas destroying these guys. Me too, but I had them destroying them every year that I've watched <laughs> them play, and that hasn't happened recently. So uh, that'll be a good game for KU. Everybody seems to get up whenever it's time to play Texas. And yeah, I, I remember, actually think Texas blows them out, though. I think Texas handles business. I think Texas is pissed off this year. 
Um, yeah. Especially after KU went down to Austin and beat them. It was the first mm-hmm. road win for KU in the Big 12 in a number his- of years. So if history is going to repeat itself, Kansas win, Texas win, Kansas win. So it's our turn to win. <laughs> it's your guys' turn. Yeah. So I got him sitting at comfortably uh, two and nine going into the Sunflower Showdown. They're at in Manhattan at Kansas State playing in the Little Apple. Um, I think they finished the year three and nine. I think they beat K-State this year. I think they beat them too, and that would put them at five wins for me on the season. Bro, if they get to five wins, I will eat a shoe. That's a yeah. Hey, y'all, <laughs> y'all heard that on the show. Y'all heard that here. He I, will eat a shoe if they get the five wins. Do they sell edible shoes? Because uh, <laughs> maybe you can I, get one of those uh, shoes that are that looks like a, it's a cake, but it looks like a shoe. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I have to do that. Yeah, I, I got them beating K State though. K State is. K State's a topic of next week, so we're going to talk about K State next yeah. week. Um, but yeah, I, I got I got Kansas finishing the year three and nine. <laughs> you guys somehow have them at five and seven. I don't know what you're on, but I love if, it. If this happens, I'll, I'll probably be a rich man by the end. <laughs> you better be using those prize picks and <laughs> yeah, hitting those exactly. bets, man. Because if you bet on KU, the odds are going to be in your favor. The max um, bet. <laughs> yeah, hit the hit the max bets and get you some money. Uh, Get that easy cash out, too, with prize picks. Um, but that brings us to the end of our show this week, guys. Uh, we, you know, It was really fun to kind of dive into KU, talk a little bit of KU football because it's a sport for them that is pretty underserved. Um, what I was teasing earlier is April 9th, Kansas is actually playing their spring game um, up in Lawrence, and I'm actually going. Um, so I'm going to go take a look at some guys, kind of get a feel for what it looks like they're trying to do offensively and defensively. Um, so if there's any players, uh, if, if you're listening to this and there's any players you want me to check out, be sure and comment below. Um, drop those in. Tweet at us. Let us know. Send us a DM. Um, I, I'd love to kind of get you know a feel for who you guys are interested in seeing, and, and I can maybe, you know, if, if all works out, maybe, just maybe, um, I can get an interview with a few guys as well. Um, so if you have a guy that you want me to look at or talk to, um, I'll, I'll do my best and uh, – I'll try and do that, but I will be there April 9th in Lawrence, checking out the spring game up at, at for KU and and kind of seeing what this offense and gr- this defensive group look like. Um, can't wait to kind of bring you back some uh, information on that. And then going into next week, we're going to be talking Kansas State football. Um, you know, we're going in alphabetical order through the Big 12. K State's a team I think that's going to have some uh, some interesting things to to do offensively. Uh, they got some guys leaving, but they, they brought in some some decent players. I think one guy I really want to spend some time with and talk about is Deuce Vaughn next week. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's for next week. As for this week, we like – I think we both kind of like what Coach Leipold's cooking up there in Lawrence. Um, so if, if you're if you're listening to this, be sure and let us know what you think of Coach Leipold and his, his uh, reclamation project at KU and uh, – Until next time, guys, we'll see you. Thank you all for tuning in.